This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. I'm actually taping this podcast from the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C., in the middle of what we call the Ten Days of Awe, in preparation for Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Now, personally, I believe there are some significant scriptural examples of what we're actually going through today and the church's response in the middle of a global crisis. We've been talking about this for quite a few weeks, and some things I shared last year on God's Plan Reset, I believe, applies to where we are today. There seems to be an intensity of natural and human crises and things that are going on that could cause our hearts to become very overwhelmed. But I also see great encouragement in God's Word when we align ourselves right with God. Let's take a look at Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23. And it's called the Feast of Trumpets. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall not do any customary work on that day, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And then it says in verse 26, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, And also on the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And you shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, or some call the Day of Judgment, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. Now let's stop there just for a moment, because literally on September the 18th at sundown, 2020, is known as Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year in the Jewish calendar. It's also the beginning of the 10 days of awe, which culminates on September the 28th at sundown, which is the Day of Atonement. It starts actually the evening of the 27th, which is Yom Kippur. Now, what's the significance of those 10 days? First of all, Rosh Hashanah, which means uh, the new year of the Jewish calendar, is also the month of Tishri. Now, the month of Tishri uh, begins the first month of the civil year, and yet the seventh month of the ecclesiastical year in the Hebrew calendar. And there's something so significant about this because, one, it's the beginning of a new season. It's also a time of reflection of the past to begin to look at our hearts, the inward corruptions of our hearts, where we become untethered with God in the previous season or year, and now preparing ourselves for 10 days going into the first of the new year in the Jewish calendar, which happens to be the year 5781 as of September the 18th. But those 10 days are 10 days of awe, of time of reflection, seeking God, reflection of where our hearts are with God, get back to our first love. As Christians, is a great example for us. In fact, it was God's planned reset every year in the first of Tishri, which is, again, the first month of the civil year, and yet the seventh month of the ecclesiastical year in the Hebrew calendar. But there's something very significant. Historically, many significant things took place in Scripture in the month of Tishri, which also is God's new year in preparing for where He's about to take His people. He wants us to reflect on where our relationships have been, with him and with others. 
As Somebody Cares continues to wrap up work on homes damaged by Hurricane Harvey over three years ago, we are also assisting a great number of people in Houston who have lost income due to COVID with essential bills while also responding to Hurricane Laura, Hurricane Sally, and wildfires in the West. Please pray for those impacted and for those who are responding. Many of these communities have been recovering from other recent storms as well as hardships from COVID shutdowns. Residents and responders alike are stretching thin. That's why your support during this time is critical. Please partner with us by providing your best gift today at somebodycares.org. Thank you for caring. In fact, last year uh, during the Rosh Hashanah season, I shared a message called God's Plan Reset. Let me just share a moment out of that to give us context to where we are today and why I believe we're in a very critical juncture, a very biblically important time and season right now in our nation and around the world. But I said in the Old Testament, God laid out a planned reset for his people every year. And it started with the the Jewish New Year. It consisted of what we call Rosh Hashanah. Then the 10 days of repentance or the 10 days of awe, ending with Yom Kippur, and referred to as the, the days of awe, and then also Yom Kippur being the day of atonement. It's observed in the fall, and it was a time of reflection, repentance, cleansing, and celebration of God's goodness. So God specifically set aside this time for His people every year for His people to reset their lives and relationships with Him. If beliefs or character of His people had been compromised, or they'd gotten off track or untethered, these days of awe provided an opportunity to stop Listen to God, remember His Word, and get right with Him. You see, the Israelites celebrated these days of all, beginning with Rosh Hashanah and ending with Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. The observance included several offerings designed to reset their hearts and minds for the year ahead. At the beginning and end of this period, the people were instructed to make a burnt offering, a meal offering, and a sin offering as an outline in the book of Leviticus. Since these days of all were established by God to His people, to bring them into right relationship with Him, I believe it's also important for us as Christians to understand the principles behind these offerings. For example, the burnt offering illustrates a total surrender to the Father's will. This is the essence of true worship, isn't it? A heart that is in total submission to God. The burnt offering is a beautiful picture of Jesus' heart of love and consecration to His Heavenly Father. It is listed first among the list of Levitical sacrifices, because of its foundational role in pointing to the example of Christ to us. His passion was the ultimate fulfillment of the first and greatest commandment, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. That's Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 34. His passionate prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane should be our cry as well, not my will, but yours be done, Luke 22, 42. So any reset in our lives must also start with a surrender to the Father's will. Now the meal or grain offering represents the obedience of sinless service which naturally flows out of the surrendered life. It depicts Jesus as the perfect man, totally without sin, joyfully obedient to the will of His Father on behalf of a sinful world. It also represents communion with God. Through Jesus' sinless service, He became our grain offering so we might freely commune with the Father. And this too is essential if we are to live a life pleasing to God and be in right relationship with Him. Now, the sin offering typified Jesus as the guilt substitute for our sins. He and He alone is our guilt bearer. As our sin offering, Jesus paid a debt which He did not owe, because we owed a debt we could not pay. As we reset our lives through repentance and humility, it's important to realize that Jesus took away our guilt and paid our penalty. 
In Christ, we have received not only forgiveness, but the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you truly see that, you'll want to shout, Hallelujah! See, once the Israelites have reset their relationship with God, they are also instructed to make peace with one another. As Christians, we also need to make peace with our fellow brothers and sisters, crossing our racial, denominational, and generational lines to meet at the cross of Christ. Recently, I did a a podcast and wrote an article called The Centrality of the Cross. We are one blood from every nation. We're one new man corporately in Christ. We're called to be ministers of reconciliation because we've been reconciled to God. We now are to be called ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors for Christ. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. We're from another kingdom, and the kingdom of God in us should be manifested through us to the world around us. So as I mentioned earlier, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, it's the first month of their civil year, which is the month of Tishri, and it's the seventh month of the ecclesiastical year in the Hebrew calendar. So it began on September the 18th, and 10 days of all goes till September the 28th. And in between, we see this call to reflect, to repent, to get right with God and with others, culminating on Yom Kippur, which ends at sundown September 28th, the Day of Atonement. There are so many biblical correlations and analogies and examples to us here of the ultimate return of Christ, who is our righteous judge, redeemer, and deliverer. Over the last few years, I've been sharing with our ministry relationships the importance to stay low in a posture of humility, draw near by staying close to the presence of God and inclining our ears to hear what He says so we can act when He speaks. Like never before, we need the manifest presence of God. We need humble posture, knee posture with vertical worship so that we can stay low in humility, that we can draw near and by His presence incline our ears to hear what the Lord has to say so we can act immediately when He speaks to us. We need discernment. We need a posture of humility. We need to have a love for truth. Now is the time to get ourselves ready for this thing that God is about to do that only He can do. We must prepare our hearts and our lives for what God has for us in this coming season so that we can participate with Him and not just be a spectator in the grandstands of cheering and shouting instead of knee-jerk reactions or allowing the world to dictate to us our actions, our feelings, and emotions. We must posture ourselves in humility so we can reflect Christ in a world of turmoil. The book of Joel is a great example to us also when it says, Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm from my holy mount. That's God speaking. May we incline our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. What a great opportunity right now in the middle of the year 5781 or the beginning of the year 5781, the beginning of the month of Tishri, which is again the civil year the beginning of the civil year, Rosh Hashanah began September 18th. The 10 days of all, the first 10 days, culminating in Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. So the month of Tishri is the first month of the civil year and the seventh month of the ecclesiastical year. So we see that in Leviticus chapter 23 when we talked about the Feast of Trumpets. Let me just share another important correlation. I, a friend of mine, Victoria Sarvati, said this, The time for Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur is called the 10 days of all. This time is intended to give God's people a time of reflection and introspection. That's what we need right now, isn't it? It's an anointed time, she says, where God's presence guides us to transparency and repentance. 
We must choose to make things right among our brothers and sisters of the Lord, as well as family members. We search the heart of God for the times we may have offended others and for errors where we have held on to bitterness ourselves. May the God of peace reveal His will concerning all of our relationships. May we leave our sacrifice at the altar and make peace with our brothers before we approach our perfect and just God. I don't believe it's an accident that so many different people, organizations have been sensing the urgency to fast and pray as we're coming into the end of 2020. And then again, the Jewish calendar going into the month of Tishri or the Rosh Hashanah, the new year, 5781, or the seventh month of the ecclesiastical year in the Jewish calendar. There's something so significant, biblically and historically, about this season in the month of Tishri. I don't believe it's an accident that things like the return, which I've just been a part of, it was people from all over the world, millions crying out and praying on a national global day of repentance. It was a solemn assembly, Second Chronicles 7.14, the book of Joel. In fact, the book of Joel is only three chapters, and yet was written to a nation in crisis. We are in that same place. We are a nation in crisis, a people who are in crisis, a global chaos and crisis going on around the world. We need God's intervention in the midst of such difficulties. And so that's where I believe even the return, which was on September 26th, right in Washington, D.C., on the mall, streamed around the world in a posture of seeking God in humility and repentance. In fact, the return really is a call to repentance. And what a great reminder to us, 2 Chronicles 7.14 is not talking about a call to the world to repent, but it says, if my people who are called by my name, would seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal the land. It's not an issue about everyone else. It's about us. A posture of humility, repentance, and renewed consecration before God. It's a global call, a national call to repentance. Again, it's not by accident that when they called this national and global call to repentance called the return and so many other groups and organizations calling for times of fasting and prayer and seeking God, it's not by accident. I believe God is touching the hearts of His people to return to Him in first love, in humble posture, knee posture, and vertical worship. There are so many people gathering and fasting and prayer and seeking God. It reminds me so much of a dream that I had a couple of years ago, that people began to gather in large fields, they would gather in churches, They begin to come out of curiosity, some not even realizing why they were there, even some that were antagonistic to the gospel. But while they were in the midst of corporate worship, when people began to have vertical worship, humble posture, in the midst of that kind of environment, there's a corporate anointing, and people began to have their eyes open. Their spiritual blindness was opened, their eyes were opened, and they began to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what would happen in the midst of all the anarchy and and all the chaos going on that the God who spoke order into the chaos would speak order into what's going on around our nation and around the world? It's a posture from us to get right with God, and God would take care of healing the rest of the things going on around us. What would happen if many people who were like Saul, persecutors of the church, would have their eyes open and a present visitation from God that they would begin to turn around and become like Paul. See, Paul used to be Saul, and he used to persecute the church. 
But when Saul got a revelation of the presence of Jesus and the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, he became Paul the Apostle. How many out there who don't even know that they're really searching for something bigger than themselves, they're searching for truth, they're searching for answers, and they want a revolution, but not a revolution of hatred, not a revolution of anarchy, but God, the God of order, speaks into the chaos and brings order into their lives. And we'll see so many that will come to know Christ who once were persecutors of the church. Also in the month of Tishri, we see biblically Nehemiah chapter 8. It says in Nehemiah chapter 8 that Ezra was about to read God's commands and the laws to the people. It says, Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Remember, the first day of the seventh month of Tishri, which is the seventh month of the ecclesiastical year in the Hebrew calendar, which happens to also be Rosh Hashanah, which is the first month of the civil year in the Jewish calendar. So for us, that would have been September the 18th, Rosh Hashanah, the first of Tishri, first month of the civil year, seventh month of the ecclesiastical year. And we see it was on that time frame that Ezra was called by the people to read openly in the square, it says in verse 3 of chapter 8 of Nehemiah, that he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. It goes on to say that all the people would say amen and amen. What we need is to return to God's word. Earlier, I shared that the year 2020 was established globally as a global year of the Bible. We need to get back into God's Word so that the living Word Jesus would live in us and do a work through us. This is a time for us to recommit to God's Word, recommit to His character, Word, nature, and spirit, so that God and God alone would be the preeminent one working in our lives and through us. It says in Colossians chapter 1 that all things are made to, through, and for, and by Him. Jesus, the Son of God's love, the preeminent one by which all authorities, kingdoms, principalities, and rulerships were subject to him. And yet scripture also tells us that it's his desire that the authority that was given to him would now be imparted through the manifold wisdom and authority to and through the church to the seen and unseen realm. Wow. In the midst of all the things going on around us, the God who speaks order into the chaos is the God that wants to give us wisdom and authority to and through the church to bring order in the midst of anarchy and chaos and confusion. So many people's hearts are overwhelmed right now, and they need the manifestation of Christ in and through the church. We need a corporate church awakening. Yes, there is a battle for the heart and soul of our nation, but I believe the heart of the church is awakened And as we together cross our racial, denominational, generational lines, and we honor the Lord by humble posture, reconsecration of our hearts, recommitment to His Word, His character, nature, and spirit, let His truth permeate our world so that we can see a change in the world around us. As I shared earlier in this podcast, I was taping this podcast from Washington, D.C. in preparation to participating with the return which really is a call to repentance, national call to repentance, as people from various streams and tribes 
of the church world coming together, crossing racial, denominational, generational lines to cry out to God, recognizing in a posture of humility and repentance. So it's not by coincidence that it was scheduled for September the 26th, 10 days into the days of all, eight days into the new year of the year 5781, and towards the end of the days of all in preparation for Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Yom Kippur starting at sundown, Sunday the 27th, and all day till sundown on September the 28th. And again, Yom Kippur is known as the Day of Atonement, is the holiest day of the year in Judaism. Its central themes are atonement and repentance, atonement for personal and national sins. Oh Lord, would you hear from heaven as we seek your face? Yes, Lord, according to 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if your people, us, would humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, you would hear from heaven and you would heal the land. I am personally praying, also Isaiah chapter 1, that we, the church, would promote justice and weep over the shedding of innocent blood. Because I know that God does not regard the raising of our hands and prayer and get-togethers and kumbayas and gatherings and conferences because we have not first humbled ourselves in repentance and humility. So I pray that God has heard our cry, that God would see the multitudes have truly come before the Lord in humility and brokenness and authentic repentance for our individual and our corporate sins. Even as Leonard Ravelin used to say, Doug, God doesn't answer prayer. He answers desperate prayer. And now I understand what he was saying. God doesn't want our religious incantations. God doesn't just want our, our shallow platitudes. God wants the authenticity of our heart and worship and posture before God and knee posture and vertical worship. In Isaiah 1, it says that God doesn't even regard the raising of our hands, our gatherings, our get-togethers, our numerous prayers, or even our sacrifices because we've allowed the shedding of innocent blood. We've overlooked justice, neglected the orphan and the widows. The Lord said to us in Isaiah 1, your hands have been covered with blood. There's shedding of innocent blood. So he says, wash and cleanse yourself. Remove your sinful deeds. Put away your evil doings from before my eyes, says the Lord. Oh Lord, and forgive us even where we have represented you as the house of the Lord, the church, but have done so by representing the institution rather than representing the God of the institution. God, help us to stop sinning, to cease to do evil. Help us to learn to do right, God. Teach us to do right. Help us to promote justice. And help us, Lord, to give the oppressed a reason to celebrate, as your word says, that we would take up the cause of the orphan and defend the rights of the widow. God, help us. For your word says in Zephaniah 3.9, For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language, a pure lip, that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him in one accord. So God, I pray that you restore to us a pure language, a pure lip, that we would truly represent you, Lord God, in purity of heart, that the name of the Lord would be exalted and we would serve you in one accord. God, that we, your one blood from every nation, we, your one new man, the corporate body of Christ, we who are called to be ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors for Christ, God, do a work in us. And let there be a corporate release of your anointing and of your manifest presence that the church would arise and to awaken so we could heal the soul of our nation. God, our nation needs you. God, we know it's going to take us to have a humble posture, authenticity of worship, and God, to repent of our individual and corporate sins. 
not the world, but we, your church, O oh Lord. God, even as Joel was written in a time of crisis, God, we, your people, are saying there is a time of crisis. We need you, Lord. The book of Jude reminds us that, Lord, there has been an increase of apostasy, false teachings, even an attack on the church in the name of the Lord. God, would you intervene and do a work in us so that we, your church, can impact the world around us. God, we need the gospel of good news to permeate, Father, from pulpits to political offices and all in between. We need the world to see when they say, where is your God? That they will now say, now we see your God. God, be high and lifted up, Jesus. Be high and lifted up that all men would see you in the church and be drawn to you and get a revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. And Lord, I'm reminded of your word in Jeremiah. We love Jeremiah 33.3. Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you have not yet seen. Yet, Lord, we know that's in the middle of a people who had been separated from you. There was crisis in the land. So we, your covenanted people, God, we come before you and we join our heart cries together before a holy, holy, holy God, where we're equalized in your holy presence. God, may we be of one sound and one voice, Father, in word and worship and action. God, would you hear our cries and would you do a work in us and through us that only you can do. God, I pray that as we return to you, even as the calling of the return of the day of repentance came together and so many gathered and people agreeing around the country and around the world, so many other prayer movements that are joining in and seeing fastedness and praying and seeking you 24-7. God, we're in a critical juncture in this country. God, so we ask you to show up. We ask you to do a work in your church. We ask you to do work through your church. We ask for your manifest glorious presence, God, and to do what only you can do. God, we say we want to return to you. God, we say we want to walk in humility before you. God, we say we want to be a people you've called us to be. God, we thank you for the joy of your salvation and the revelation of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. And Lord, we say we thank you for the privilege of your calling, God. This is our moment, God. Help us, your church, not to miss the moment that you have called us to to see the manifestations of your presence and for a world of chaos and confusion that you through your church would bring order and peace and healing and righteousness and justice as a plumb line of your presence and not being swung by the societal swings of pendulums. God, help us to be consistent, to go deeper in you and higher in consecration in you. Lord, we say we want to return to you in first love, in worship, Lord, do a work in us so you can do a work through us. In Jesus' name. If you're in need of prayer today, you can send us prayer requests, prayer at somebodycares.org. And you can also call our prayer line, 855-459-2273. And keep up to date with all that we're doing by following us on Instagram, at Somebody Cares America, Facebook, or our YouTube channel, or you can sign up for email updates at somebodycares.org. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.